0: Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message, and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you.
1: Great stuff. Bless you, man. Thank you. God bless you. That's some great stuff, was that not? I should greet you first, but I got excited about the word that he was declaring, and it's true, it's already a seed of the reality of what God is doing already going on here. You're caught up into something that God is doing, and unless God opens our eyes to see it, we're blind to it. God has to open our eyes to see what he's doing. Unless God opens your eyes to see how special you are, that you are alive because God intended for you to be. You are saved because God purposed before the foundation of the world unveil himself to you in a real way and then you have these people who are out in the world that if someone doesn't go reach them in the name of the lord they're living in darkness they're seeing natural light but not the spiritual reality of god they don't even understand why they live the other day i was just looking at the nba scores. Uh, on the Google, and when you touch that, it also has these other subjects. And one of the subjects that they had was how much money it cost these men in their divorce of their wives. And it was like, one of them was seven billion, cost them seven billion dollars. You mean he doesn't realize for some other woman, for your lack of faithfulness to your word, you're going to pay $7 billion for another woman? You couldn't handle that one. How are you going to handle another one, dude? You're going to pay it out again. You're going to pay it out. because. <laughs> but your marriage was way, worth way more than your money, and you don't get it. You don't get it. See? So I, just, I was just looking through that list of things, and I called their names out, numbers of you. Would know, you would know almost all their names because they don't represent the purpose of God for you. They have fame, recognition, name, money, but they don't represent the intentions of God for you. The great tragedy of their lives is they don't know you, and they don't know this church exists. I'm going to say it, but this church is a destination location. I want to thank just Bishop. I'm, I'm going to go ahead all the way with it. You for seeing me, recognizing me, and I, I, I've already been shouting the victory about your revelation of me. You do stuff that I, I don't say it, but I'm going to say it now. But when you introduce me, it's always with honor whether it's in this location or anywhere else, it's at a level that scores of other people who were trained by me, who have ministries going, and this is going out on the internet, who don't know how to honor at that level that you do. Now, I don't ask for it. And I'll say this. I don't even ask anybody to call me bishop. I'm not, you know, you you can do whatever you like as far as it. But this honor that he gives me is an amazing honor. And then those people who are here in Spring of Life Church also follow the leadership in it. I mean, one of the greatest birthdays I've ever had, I had it here. I mean, I'm just saying right now, and I'm not putting anybody down by saying that. I'm just saying that that's what happened, that that, that's the case here. And then, but one of the highest things of all, and that's one of the reasons. I'm going to just be prophetic for a minute. Is the hunger you have for the word? See, I don't want to force feed anybody. Even though I can, I'm gonna, what I'm gonna take you through this today, I'll see, I'll show you the challenge of ministering the word. But the great rewards you're gonna get in the in the next world is not worthy of the challenges of this world. You're way better than any of these challenges and you're way more awesome than anything the devil throws against you and see if you weren't awesome that you would have no challenge the devil's coming against you because he knows what's going to happen if he doesn't try to stop you but all he's doing like a weightlifter lifting weights is making you stronger with his resistance and he's not going to break you down he's going to lose now we know people who've lost who are Christians. But what happens is the challenges identified their weakness. It didn't accelerate their strength. And I believe this is a church of acceleration. I believe this church is told they're going to face things, and they have done it. I was here just a few weeks ago when we had the first men's meeting back gathering since, you know, everything shut down. I mean, the place was full of men in here. And then again, what did he do? He honored his biological daddy. He honored his spiritual daddy. He honored the leaders in the church, the senior ones, right away, honored his oldest son. See, when you understand the protocol of the spirit, it only prepares you to step into the next world with the right mentality. You don't wait to get to heaven to be like heaven. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, let me just go somewhere really extreme with you. So that's why I think Black Lives Matter as a conversation is nonsense. Because I don't need any human being to tell me Black Lives Matter. Because I'm not a product of their affirmation. Black Lives Matter because God made me. And so anybody can shout me down all they want and say, you don't matter. You're nothing. I know the history of redlining You couldn't get loans, but see, some of you who are from the Latino world, blacks have gone through a lot of nonsense here in this country. But it's because the people who formed this country didn't have prophetic revelation of the creation of God and the Creator, so they marginalized these people. But it's nonsense. And I know it. And they get mad. And All lives matter. They get mad. What do you mean? You see, I had somebody write me a letter just recently. Actually, they sent a text. And they said, you know, one certain party, a racist party and all that. I don't care if they're a racist party. The thing that I care about isn't the issue of them uh, treating blacks badly. The, The issue that I care about is that they're out of alignment with the creator God. They don't understand God's value to people. See, so what's going to happen down here is that the, I've said it before to you, that the, new, the whole Latino world is the servant culture of America. Let him that be greatest among you, let him be your servant. And the thing that I've said it to you before, that the black community prophetically were made to become slaves which in that sense was wrong, but it was something prophetic, redemptive about it. Israel was slaves for 430 years. It's something redemptive about it. God took them out of slavery by one man's revelation with God, Moses, and took them out of slavery with one God said, delivered people out of 430 years of bondage, and they came out, delivered from the strongest nation in that day. They had... They came out rich, and they came out healed, physically, literally healed, by one man's word. Who's to say that God hasn't said this one man who was an attorney, see, and he did that. He said, okay, I did that right now, but right now, the call of God on my life is to raise up a generation of world changers. Well, it's exactly, but he's getting you ready not just to take the world, but for the whole next world. Okay, so I'm going to go there in a minute. Don't worry. I'm going to go there. So it's important for you to understand that whether you live, I mean, one of my sons, his mother is 96. And they had a birthday celebration for her down in New Orleans 95. And all the siblings came. They're still living. And they all came around her. It must have been, I don't know how many of them there were. But he said, that whenever she's there at 90, at that time she was 95, he says, she's the sharpest tack in the room. What he said is, at 95, none of the siblings was smarter than she was. At 95, there are things that she could remember, knew about things that they would be missing. That she said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, uh-uh, no, 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 this should be." See, See you got to understand something. When God is at at hand. All the things that man looks, out, looks at has to be put aside. So that's what I believe about you guys. I believe that this church is set aside for the, at the last day revival. You know, and again, I'm thinking about, hey, wait, wait, I, did, I said this. On the West Coast in Los Angeles, while they're going through what they're going through right now, is because to whom much is given, much is required. The greatest revival since Pentecost was the Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles, California. There is a requirement to God showing up in a way that affects the whole world. And he made that city and that location. Notice this. Now, it was like, you see, it was worse than this location in terms of the geography of it, how it looked, all of that. But the people that came there were so impacted by God that it affected the whole world. So God required that that city rise up to the standard of the revelation. They did not. So consequently, what you don't do by revelation, you will do by tribulation. So now what are they going through? Tribulation. The greatest awakening since prior to emancipation was in New York City, led by Jeremiah Lanthier, a businessman, rich, like crazy rich, but he was under Charles Finney. That great revival, that great church, Broadway Tabernacle, great move of God, 1857 to 1859, what is called the Third Great Awakening, great move of God. It was prior to the Civil War. That thing was so powerful, it should have ended slavery. It should have ended slavery because of the pressure the church put on America to do what's right under God. They did not do what was right under God, which was what? The great sin of America, which John Wesley said. It was men stealing. You stole people from another nation, brought them through the middle passage, enslaved them in this country. And God said, okay, it's done with that now. I, I want you to end that. And the church was leading it. They didn't do it. What happened? Civil War. What, you, what they didn't do in America from New York City by Christ's bloodshed, they did do by their own bloodshed. All of those soldiers that died in the Civil War. But he held New York accountable. The Babylon of Revelation. The New York. All It is the global icon. Economic center of the world. And then God, in our day, sent probably one of the most uh, pure prophets. He moved from Tyler, Texas, to New York City. That was David Wilkerson at Times Square Church. And he preached the word, the cross, the blood, devotion to that city, to awaken it in the center of what? Of Broadway. Right there, in the middle of it, Times Square Church. Just say. Guess what? There was thousands. I've been there. To be honest with you, I was. I talked. Took my wife. um, Man of God invited me to be with David Wilkerson. What? I'm. Herefore, David Wilkinson had the same opportunity to have me come once a week. He talked with me about it. To be there once, in I, that case, it was going to be once a week. It didn't happen. It didn't work out. He explained everything, how, how many services, how much money he had coming in, what was going on, everything. It, did, it didn't happen. And I believe to some degree, what God had given me, I was made to be able to challenge the nonsense of New York City. You go, go back and look at my messages from 30 years ago, 35 years ago. One, one of my pastors I talked to last night, he says, somebody criticized you because of your stand. They said, have you, see, have you heard what Bishop says about Trump? See? You mean you're still going to be under him? And then, What the leader just told me last night, he says, I said, did you check what he was saying 25 years ago? What he's saying today, he was that way 25 years ago when I first joined with him. He hasn't changed anything. He's been like that the whole time. He's not backing Trump. If he got in the presence of Trump, Trump would hear something about God he evidently didn't hear when he was president. And then, of course, I went on and told him, too. I've spoken directly on Facebook. It's, it's out there now, because you can't take it back. I said, if I was in the presence of President Trump, this is what I would tell him. I, I have it online. I would have talked to him about humility, serving, using plural pronouns, we, thank you. We, we are. Um, I, I would teach him, I, I would have talked to him about saying I'm sorry about transparency, about foot washing. I mean, going low, staying low. The reason that people hate him is because they felt like he was prideful and too exalted. I mean, on and on. I won't go into it. I'm not. I'm not. not. It's too much to even go into all of that. I wouldn't have been intimidated because he was president. I don't do that. I'm scared of God. I'm not scared of man. I'm I'm really scared of God. He'll hurt you bad. All you gotta do is read the Bible. Created Adam and then told him, if you do this wrong thing, you're gonna die. He said, you did. You did, you did. See? God doesn't play. He doesn't play. So going back to New York, so I didn't get to New York. It retrogrades. Just like what is said about this particular city right now, there's no major move for God going on in this city. Spiritual leadership, see? This is not what it could be and should be and will be. But look at New York. I've been to a number of the major churches. I mean, I've done stuff with, at Brooklyn Tabernacle with Cimbala. I've done stuff there. I consecrated a our, our recent university's chapel with Cimbala. He's the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Him. So I know I, I, we've done, I've done stuff with him. Brooklyn Tabernacle, they, they're doing a good job. They couldn't they couldn't they can't carry the city though. I I know uh, the cultural church. I'm thinking about A.R. Bernard. I know A. R. Bernard is there. I've I've spoken promises with A.R. Bernard. I've done the pastors' conferences with A. R. Bernard. I mean, he could these people can, somebody knows him, they'll tell him that I'm talking, I'm calling Bishop Boone is calling his name out. Yeah, I've done stuff with him. They're not carrying that city. And, and, and it's not that they are Lot, but there's a similarity to it. What do you mean? It says, Lot was a righteous man in Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember he went there? But Sodom and Gomorrah's evil was greater than Lot's righteousness. And God was fed up with it. And Abraham's, who didn't live there, intercession with God, the vitality, Listen to me. The reality of Abraham's relationship with God is what kept Lot from getting destroyed with Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot couldn't do it on his own. So God sent angels there. He has them for you too. I've got a lot to talk with you about here. But he has them for you too. You think you're being kept on your own sagacity, your own wisdom? You don't think God's keeping you? Well, then what for? You think it's so that you can, like what the, the bishop said, your new house? Right? For the coffee stuff? <laughs> he says some, like, some, some, some stuff. I, I, kinda, I do kind of like it. I, I do. He's just like, right bottom line. <laughs> and, you know, you got it. There it is. You get, at least you know you have somebody honest. Go one more time to New York City. So what's happened to New York City? It's a failed city like Los Angeles. It's a failed city. And unless God sends this gospel of the kingdom, should be preached as a witness to the whole world. See? They need preachers there. When, you, when God starts taking leaders that he's used as non-compromising and send them to cities, that's when he has his eye on that city. It's always, it always is the case. Listen. God sent Finney to Philadelphia in the 1800s. Finney, Philadelphia was the Harlem of the 1800s. It was debauchery like you couldn't believe. So God then sent Finney and Father Nash. I told you about him, an intercessor and a preacher. Shook Philadelphia and began to clean it up where it was notable. So the headlines of the newspapers was what Finney was preaching The average lifespan in the 1800s, 1830s, around there, of a man was 45. There's such debauchery going on in this country that God didn't let them have long life. The three score and ten that he was promising, the the, the, the darkness was so dark, they were dying out in their darkness early. But men like Finney awakened. Go Go to England. England was so dark until god raised up the founder of salvation army william and catherine booth both of them they were god raised them up and and if you get this book called in darkest england and the way out there's a map in that book that he that you can open up you can take take it out of it. and it, and he he, he did he did, a, he did he researched the city and all the debauchery that was going on in london england he looked at prostitution he looked at kids con- uh, born out of wedlock. He looked at alcoholism. He looked at the homelessness, all of it. You, you'll see it on the map. And then he shows you, and he saw them drowning in a river. And then you, he has pictures of his, an army of believers that was saving them. That's why he got the name Salvation Army. He was saving England from their darkness and debauchery by raising up an army, that's what's going to happen here, and it's already happening. And, and even the idea of putting on the, the men wearing a black shirt with what is a man on, I want to talk about that. I, I get a chance to talk about it tomorrow night. I kind of volunteered. He said, like, could you do like the first Sunday? I said, well, what about Monday? <laughs> Look, you know what i you have a men's meeting on Monday. And then, you know, if I wasn't moving in, I am, thank you so much for welcoming me. I, I didn't even, I'm still not being a pro, proper right now because I'm just passionate right now. The devil's been coming at me hard. My wife is in the back of the room and trying to dog us out. He's not, he's not gonna, he's not. Uh-uh, nope. God will send me all the support I need to do what I gotta do. We're on assignment. I'm prophesying to my wife back there. We're on assignment. You're going to stay alive, woman. You're gonna stay alive. We're gonna hit it. We're gonna hit it. And... Um, So anyway, I'm all over the place with you, but I'm still talking about this church and what's going to happen here. The remnant is never a marketed entity. The remnant, like with Elijah, is unknown. God's kept you quiet here in this building. This is like one of the tents that's in the Sinai, you know, it wasn't both. David and Moses had a tent. This is, that's, this is a building you're in, but this isn't the... You're the building that's important, but, but this geographical location, your, your pastor started talking about, we're going to get an entity. He doesn't know that one of his members talked to me just the other day. He said, look, whether the pastor wants a building or not, we're going to be rich enough to just buy him a campus. I said, look, come on here. Yeah. He doesn't have to have no building program. We're going to have enough money to do it. See? Michael Yusuf over there in Atlanta, Church of the Apostles, I know some of the leaders over there. And that's exactly what happened over there. They renovated, It's on Interstate 75, they built him a building. They, they renovated and made it, it was in a shopping mall. They renovated it, it's amazing inside. And then uh, one of the fat boy businessmen came to him and says, anything else you need? And he says, well, no. I don't think so," he said. "Well, do you have all the parking you need for where the church is going to grow to?" And he said, "Well, well, no, that's not yet. We have enough parking for the number that we have, which at that time was about three thousand members." And then he said, "Well, we'd have to have another capital campaign." And the boy said to him, "I mean, rich guy, I'm talking." He said, "What? You don't do no capital campaigns here?" He said, "How much does it cost?" He says, "It's going to be five million dollars." He said, "Send your accountant, your your." Uh, counting over to see me and he had his secretary write him out a $5 million check. We don't do fundraising here. We write the check. Why? Because while that money was in that businessman's bank account, it had no redemptive value because it wasn't used for the purpose of God. But when he wrote that check out for the purpose of God, now God redeemed that money And could multiply that five million to that person because he demonstrated I'm a steward, I'm not an owner of the bank, of the bank, I'm a steward of it. What you say. So God says I can transfer more, more, more to you. Because when I say, write the check. You wrote the check. Why? God says the gold is mine. The silver is mine. So it's not ownership, it's stewardship. So what you're building is a trust relationship with God. So the bank and trust companies that you see out there should have your name written on it because somebody's name is something bank and trust, right? It's somebody's name, but it should be a godly person's name. Somebody ought to know I'm talking about you. (laughs) But if you all it up and get all scared and nervous, I don't know, I don't know if I can write that size check. Well, could you receive Thirty-fold times that if God breathed on it. But it's not going to breathe on it while it's in your bank account. While it's in your hands, that's all it will ever be. But when you release it to God, now it's a seed that now God can multiply. See? This church is a church that you're going to see multiplication. The groundwork is set. I, I would not lie to you. I'm not going to sit here. And say, because I said what I'm saying to you before I ever relocated here. I said this. So though. This, this is like I am. But I saw this place. I saw your pastor. I've seen your people now. I've seen the daughters and the children. I've seen the sons. I've seen, your, I've seen how the families unify here. I've seen how the servant spirit back in the back where they cook for you on a Sunday. You, know, you don't even have to go out to eat. You can go back in the back. There's a person who dedicated their lives to cook for you. Every Sunday? Yeah. I don't know where I've seen that. I've been to mega churches. I don't know what it is. They're too prideful to do that. You got the money. You got the people. You got the resources, and you still don't do it? No, because your heart hasn't been transformed to a servant heart. It costs something. It's sacrifice. You think that woman that does that cooking is not sacrificing? You think the people who are serving, even the children learn to serve. They they start serving, passing around, cleaning. People join in. Serving spirit. Tell me God is not going to move where serving is done at a high level? Nobody's postulating like that. They're doing it because it's the right thing to do. So going back to New York City. So New York City, so it's going through what it's going through now. It's Babylon. It's Babylon. So the book of Revelations and they describe Babylon. There is no city that is as close to the description of Revelation as New York City is. All the trading that goes on, what it mentions in terms of purple, diamonds, gold, all that. But here's what I'm going to say. I believe that one of the keys of what's going to happen here in this church. Now, you are mostly Latinos, but you're going to affect the Jews. Now, I'm way out there with you. Why? Because what? Culture is consecration. What race is devotion? What gender is serving? See, these qualities you have are transcendent. Who is the failed culture right now? In America, the failed servant culture is black America. Because they let these people get into this conversation about, oh, black lives matter. And you don't let anybody, you know, dominate over you. You got to stand up and fight for yourselves. What? The last time that was really done at the level that's being talked right now is 1832. Ashland, Nat Turner. stood up and fought for himself. He said God gave him a revelation to fight against white people. Man, they ended that stuff quickly. See, what's happening is right now there's a toleration with blacks and Black Lives Matter. That toleration is going to come to an abrupt halt. When the fat boys get tired of it and their money gets affected even more, the rednecks in some of those cities, I mean, I've been there. I've been to Dothan, Alabama. I've been, I've, been, I've been there around where the head of the KKK is. I've been to the skinheads in Indiana, in, in, in Indianapolis. I, I, I don't know. And I've been down in Tyler, Texas. They're rednecks. They got guns I've never seen. <laughs> They're waiting, man, that's right, to protect themselves. But they want to fight. You tell me that Homeland Security and the FBI and the CIA can go and fight terrorists in other countries and they don't know what's going on in the ghettos with the blood in the cribs and all these big cities in America? You tell me we don't, they don't know? They don't know how the drugs get in there? You're saying they don't know where the guns come from? nonsense man they know exactly you know what's going on this is what the black people don't know I'm saying I'm looking you right in the eyes and saying it they're saying if you guys don't have sense enough to stay alive they're letting you kill yourselves and you call that freedom that's not freedom that's looseness you're loose in character you're losing understanding the value of life. You're losing understanding why God brought you into the world. So you destroy each other. So now you, I had somebody write me and said, oh, all this, all these Republicans. And the guy who wrote me criticizing the Republican Party has a Republican governor that he helps out. Yet he criticized the whole party. See, there's a blindness that comes to you when you get away from being. Centered on God. And then you're going to get your information from somewhere. So I wonder, this person who came against me, where are you getting your information from? You clearly not listening to me. Why aren't you listening to me? Have I ever led you wrong? Am I not living what I'm preaching to you? Listening to nonsense out there. But I'm like I am. I'm just like this. I've been like this. And now I'm too old to retrograde, to go backwards. I'm, I'm going out to be more devout. Man, I'm celebrated right here. So it's going to behoove numbers of you to come to this location. Now, I'm just saying right now. So this is what I was going to say to you. So I said, so he said Sunday, first Sunday of every month, I'm going to be right here. So from all around the world, you know, you can come on that, but you can come any day. Then I ask him for Monday. Now, now I was going to ask. I'm still moving in, and I, my stuff is scattered. Jorge came over, and his wife, la la, yeah, came over too. and um, what they, what they realized is I, I still got junk all over the place. But I started to ask him. I said, well, look, if I'm going to do the first Sunday of the month and the first Monday of the month, well, what about Wednesday? I mean, look, if this is like the first, why, do I, why not like the, you know, just keep the momentum like Sunday, two services, Monday night. And then like it's in the same week. Like Wednesday. See, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying. Because where I'm celebrated, I got stuff I've never said. Now I got to get to the word and I'm going to be ending this in a reasonable length of time. But I'm talking to you prophetically. Let me say it again. This city is not going to become a scourge in the history of America, like what's happening right now in LA, California, they're nonsense. I mean, come on, you have somebody that had a Chinese or, what was it, yes, um, spy, it? A congressman, a girlfriend, your girlfriend, and then he gets applauded, he gets an award instead of jail, prison? that's what you got now see some of you okay so you're latino what happened to venezuela what was one of the main things that caused that country to go down like that what's called packing the court you know what that means one party chooses all the judges and so one side makes all the decisions that's what they're trying to do this to this country do you think it's going to be fair? So with the present president now, I mean, right? Uh, I don't have time. Let me go. Let me talk about something else. The preservative for this country is you. Your devotion. Preserving the country. New York City is down. People are leaving it by the droves. Where are they coming? So that's why you are hidden it like that. that. It's not just going to be here. It's going to be... Here, where? The place God's brought you spiritually. The physical location gets them in the company of the godly, which many of them never really seen anybody in a company like you, as many different people who are acting like you. I'm not saying you're, you're perfect, but I am saying you're open. I am seeing manifestations of God. Of God. So I'm saying that Miami is going to become the center of a revival move in America. Uh, I, I, Atlanta had the chance. They didn't celebrate me. I'm not asking you to do any of this, but I was, I'm, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Like, next week, I'll get a chance to come in here. Ah, I won't tell you. But what, what, what I did there in, in Atlanta is I had early morning prayer every morning, 5 a.m., for, for people that wanted it. I did three-day shut-ins. I shut in. Shut in with God on their own. They don't, people don't do that. Shut in. Do you know that the, 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 when he said, go wait until you endure with power from on high in the upper room, remember that? That was a 10-day shut-in. They couldn't leave. Why? It had to cost something to cultivate an atmosphere where the Holy Ghost could come and empower them. You're not going to do that around convenience. Well, I've had shut-ins. When in Richmond, Virginia, oh yes, yeah, sir. I mean, there are people from there are people now that are being used of God mightily. That was with me in Richmond, Virginia. Sent them all over the place. They didn't have to give me nothing. I, I, I just wanted you devout, See? fasted. I can I don't know how many forty-day fasts I've been on. But fasting has to be a part of it. All night prayer has to be a part of it. That's just, there's nothing to that. It's only something to it when you're not used to doing it. But you're saying to God, I'm giving myself wholly over to you. And this doesn't make anything happen. It's an indicator that I'm willing to give up everything for you to become everything in my life. Now, not everybody will do it. You can't make people do stuff like that. But for me, I'm supposed to be an example of that. See? Not fussing anybody about anything. Just be an example, boom. See what it's going to be like in terms of how, what kind of life I'm going to live as you are observing me. See? Just watch it. Just watch. Uh, I've been like this. I don't have any other way to be. No, I'm 72 years old, and um, I want to finish well. I don't want to die. What? Doing what? Now, one last example. I was downtown at Casablanca or something like that. I was downtown at a seafood restaurant. It was right on the water, for one of the people who came to help me, his birthday, so I took him down there on the water. And these people were driving these big yachts right up to the the dock and coming in there and getting off their yachts and coming into the restaurant. I mean, look, but I've never seen it like that before, though, but watch. The women, I wanted to say, girl, if your mama saw you right there, you'd put some clothes on. I never saw it like that before. What are you doing showing your stuff? Close yourself up, woman. What are you doing? No, I don't want you to see me. I, I never saw it like that. On the boats, the women were showing all their stuff. Coming into, and then profiling into the, I never saw that. Now, I'm, I'm old. I, I, I've been to Europe. I've been over there. Where is that country? Over there where they, the prostitutes get in the window. Amsterdam, thank you. I've been there. I say, like, okay, that's Europe. I know Europe's history. But I never seen that that I saw here. <laughs> New York didn't have that. Like that. Probably because it's cold a lot. <laughs> California, I've been to San Diego. On their yacht. I've been there where their yachts are. Been right there on the docks. Never saw that. So we got some work to do here in this city. And I want to say to the Hispanic community, you can't follow the ghetto. And that nonsense that goes on there. And all that happened in the rap music. And Bob Johnson and BET and all that mess they do. The clothes and the way they look and how they dress and all that stuff they do. Tattoos and all that. Don't, you can't follow that. Don't follow that. That ain't cool. It may, it may look cool. You caught up in the times. They got to be caught up in you. You can't get caught up in them. They don't know what they're doing. Now, this is the last example before I go into the word with here. Seriously, when I saw the president make his speech to the Congress and I looked at Pelosi, stand up, clap, and I looked at Vice President Harry, Harris, stand up. I looked in their eyes and I saw fear. They weren't celebrating him, they were afraid. You know why? Because they're on a wave that they no longer can control. It's like what happened when Jesus said, let's go over on the other side and a storm pursued. That storm didn't come from God and and they, and then the disciples went down to wake Jesus up. And he says, hey, hey, don't you know? Can't you see that we perish? Well, we're not at that place yet of seeing we're perishing. So our cry does not have the depth to wake Jesus up who carries the seas. Jesus was in the bottom of the boat and they still thought they were going to die. what's happening is we're going on a wave now that the fear I saw is they don't know how to stop it now in other words when you start looking at the stuff they can't stop all the thievery that's going on in the financial community they can't stop all the stuff that's going on with this racial reconciliation all the races no reconciliation it's just race They can't stop all the abortions and all that stuff that's happening that's going on. They can't stop. I mean, you raid the house of the guy that was the defense attorney for the former president on an accusation. You can do that. They can't stop it. It's going at a wave now. They don't know where it's going to stop. That's the fear I saw in their eyes. They're losing control like the disciples were not in control of that ship, the wave that's taking them. And you and I are the hope of calling on Jesus to stop the storms of debauchery that's coming. It's already started at every level. You can see everywhere you look, I can turn. I can tell you, I can, I can name so many places debauchery is going on. Now, please, turn with me just for a minute. i got to finish this. Now, I even, you know, for the first time, people, I'm just going to tell you, I even have notes. Just saying, I mean, I got notes. I did an outline, an 11-page outline, front and back. You see this? Yellow marks, scriptures, everything for you. I'm going to summarize for you what's happening in the economy of God and how to look at it. Now, please. Please. In Isaiah 14:12, just you can turn there, and there, of course, they'll put it up on the screen. And here's the question that's asked: How are you fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning? You've been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. That's 14:12. Ezekiel 28:13 through 17 says, "Thou hadst been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering: the sardis, topaz, and the diamond, the beryl." the onyx and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tablets, look at this, and of thy pipes was prepared in thee, look, in the day thou was created. Boy, this is powerful. You know, between now and, oh man, I can't. See, that's why I'm saying, I need more time. So I want to explain this. Music was in him. Music is still. Father, in the name of the Lord, we thank you for the spirit and revelation that shall come forth, but particularly for this place, God, these people have received me. And I say, blessed is this church. Blessed is this work. Blessed are the people. Blessed are the manifestations. Blessed is the goodness of God in the land of the living. These are the people who are available to you at a level, Lord, that of the churches I've been to. Oh, God, I've not seen it collectively at this level. This doesn't put down anybody else, but this is my discernment. Thank you so much for what's going on here. Faithful are you who call them who also will do it. May the spirit and wisdom of of revelation of the knowledge of you come forth. May there be transformation. May there be an acceleration at a level that businessmen are amazed and wives are amazed and husbands are amazed and sons and daughters are amazed because they know that what is happening, you are doing it. To God be the glory, and we thank you and bless you for it. Thank you for allowing my wife and myself to be in this company of people. We bless you for them. Thank you for the way you let this man of God and his wife see this servant, this your servant. Thank you for the 11 pastors who also stood in 100% agreement to this. Thank you so much, Lord. The greatest honor I have received by any church they've demonstrated. Thank you so much, for it. I glorify you. In Jesus' name, I pray. And all the people said, amen. So I'll say this. So you know the devil is going to come against me now, right? You know, because you guys received me so strong. But don't worry. God is great. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. The point I want you to look at in verse 17, it says, and the workmanship of thy tabrets, look, and of thy fights was prepared in thee in the day thou was created. So he's saying that the music that lucifer operated in wasn't an external instrument it was from inside of him that he led the worship It meaning the instruments were not a piano and drums and congo is none of that it came from inside of him but please listen to me that's exactly where these instruments came from somebody inside saw the vision of making something that would make the sound that they heard in the invisible realm before they made the instrument that could duplicate that. This is a counterfeit sound. It's not original. The piano here, the, 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 the one that you call, um, what, a grand piano, it's a counterfeit sound. What am I talking about? Because the music was in Lucifer. And you will see that there will be a sound when we get to heaven that plays. You wonder where is the music coming from inside of the creation of God. It flows from inside. So that everything you see both in the world now, and it is nothing is in its original state. The most original thing in the world is you born again. Your physical body is not an original, because God is making you a body that suits who you've been born again. Second Corinthians five one. If you shed this earthly tabernacle, you have a tabernacle made without hands, eternal in heaven. So God is remaking you over again. See that there, there. But we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave the earthly body. We have a house in heaven, an eternal body. Look at that, made for us by God himself and not by human hands. Isn't that exactly what he did with Adam? So now Christ, the last Adam, through the birth channel, you become born again. But this body, physical body, isn't suitable for the new creation you are. God himself has to make your spiritual body when this body, physical body, wears out. And that body that God is making will be perfectly suitable to the spiritual being you are. So that your capabilities are going to be amazing. Did you hear what I said? I'm way out there. But it's, it's just basic. You are, this thing here, this body is not worthy of you. It's going to die. It gets, it, people get sick. You know, you get tired when you run, right? You, you, um, you get sleepy. None of that with that body. All the physical issues of your natural body now, none of those will exist with the new body God is making for you because that body will suit the eternal life that you have. So eternal life equals eternal living. So there's no such thing as being defeated, losing being um, ugly, or looking at yourself. I'm amazed at how many women I see in the car, they're fixing themselves up. They're doing their hair. They're looking at the mirror, doing the lights. They're, and then some of them, I see them with the phones. They're, they're doing their hair, and they're taking pictures. They don't have to take pictures. They're taking pictures of themselves. What? you in love with yourself? Oh, guess what, girl? You're not going to stay looking like that. Eventually, the wrinkles are coming. They're coming. They're coming. Eventually, gray is going to be up in there. So what? The real you, none of that is happening to you. The real you is being perfected at the same time this body is being defective. God Himself is making you. Now, what I'm saying to you is you're growing into a suitability for that body. Don't stop growing. There's no ceiling on growing in God. Okay, no more, no more questions. Let me go. No more questions. So what? So inside of you is amazing. But let me just go one step further. Everything you see in the natural came from inside of somebody. Somebody had a vision for a chair. Somebody had a vision for cameras. So it was all invisible. And then they got, they got the drawings. They got engineers. They got people to make it. God made you. And then everything else you see in the earth other than what was made in Genesis 1 came from inside of a man or a woman. So there is the creative ability inside of you to make something manifest that didn't exist before. So 100 years ago, God didn't let man see at the level he can see now, space travel, airplanes flying at the level they fly. God put that inside of man but he couldn't do it all right away because he had to grow into it because of Adam's transgression he couldn't handle the amazing things we have now so he grew in education he grew in character he grew the level of wealth that we have how many billionaires there are now God's allowing all of that but what's being proven is that there's not enough Christians he can, he's been able to trust with crazy money why? Because you've got to grow into the ability to handle it, not the ability to have it. If you can handle it, you can have it. Why? Because it's nothing but a tool. It ain't worthy of you. You're worth way more than that because why? It's going to burn. The money, gold, silver, it's going to burn in the appearing of Jesus. The elements will melt with fervent heat. Everything, neutrons, protons, they're going to melt at the appearing of God. But you, (laughs) all you're going to do is be taken up. Into your amazement and be put in charge of something in the ability of God that you're growing into right now. Don't stop growing. Don't stop growing. Now, you ask me so many questions, you're making my message long. So now watch. Luke 10, 18. So he told them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Did you did you hear that? So now what, what what's the point I'm making out of this in terms of this? Now watch this. First, Revelations 12, 7 through 9, and verse 12. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. And the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. Look at this now. I want you to note that, forced out of heaven. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth and all his angels. Verse 12. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who live in the heavens, rejoice. Now, okay, let me just go ahead of myself and say this to you. Your disagreement with God in any area gets you thrown out of the presence of God. And watch this. Satan, just read it, disagreed with God so he wasn't suitable for being in the company of God. So in the heavens, because of his disagreement and leading a high treason, God then what? Threw him out of heaven. Now, I'm going to just summarize to finish this. I'm going to go in the next service and go some more into it, but I'm going to summarize it for you who can speak English and those of you who are out there. Listen to what happens now. Then he comes down to Adam in the garden. The Adam family, he gets them to agree with his disagreement with God. Have God said? They agreed with him, right? Remember that? God then, in chapter 2 of Genesis, puts man in the garden to till it and keep it. He had authority over the whole earth. God put him in the garden. The devil comes down there to challenge Adam in the garden. That was his jurisdiction. But what did he get him to do? To disagree with God. So when Adam listened to his wife, his wife listened to the serpent, and they both were in disagreement with God, what happened to them? They got thrown out of the garden. Where you are in disagreement with God, you can't handle the assignment of God. God will not let anything stay in his presence that is not in agreement with him. Come on, don't shut me down now. This is really good stuff right here. Not done with it though. When the bishop said our, our pastors were in 100% agreement, that's the power of the, of, the, of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Their agreement is what brings everything together. They're, it's not, they're not capable of disagreeing because if that happened, everything would come apart. So let me just, just go on summarizing with you for a minute. Kicked out of, kicked out of the garden, disagreement with God, couldn't handle the responsibility of God. You can go on to his son, same thing, right? Cain and Abel, you're not in agreement with God. Guess what? You're then dismissed away from the family. In marriage, what breaks the marriage apart is disagreement. Where there's not agreement, there is separation. Let me go. Let me just go further. I'm, I'm summarizing with you just for a minute. Those disciples that were in agreement with God, the power of God came down there at Pentecost. Lucifer. Let me go back further. Who came to Jesus in a garden to tempt him? His disagreement within God. What did God then in the garden, in the wilderness? Excuse me, in the wilderness, do? What did He do? Eventually, after those first temptations, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, part of life, he couldn't stay in the presence of God. God said, okay, that's it. Jesus said, that's it. You're out. Can't stay in my presence. In order to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, in order to be saved, you got to set yourself in agreement with God. And then say, God, I repent. That means everything. The repent. Metanoim. Two Greek derivatives. One means an interchange of mind. The other means an hour turning around. That is, you turned away from sin and wickedness, disagreement with God, and turned toward God. Now you have an interchange of mind that results in an hour turning around. Now you're in agreement with God. Now all things become possible for you. Why? Because There is nobody that can defeat you because you're in agreement with God and nobody can defeat God. So you stay in agreement with God. You stay in agreement with his word. You stay in agreement and the Holy Spirit will bear witness whether or not your heart is in alignment with God. So guess what? Because of that now, your body becomes the habitation of God, temple of the Holy Ghost. Once you're in disagreement with God, you find that you lose that edge because what's happening is you're telling God, I don't want you to have the access. Sin begins to say to God, I don't, I'm, I'm not in agreement with you. Well, where God says you're not in agreement with you, I'm not going to stay in your presence, nor will I let you stay in my presence. The part about prayer is that you're praying to God what he already intended to do, and that invites God in. And as you become a house of prayer, that means you don't ever want him to leave. And where God is, you can never be defeated. You stay in agreement with God, agreement with God in your personal life. So, so if you're a young man, you see a fine young lady wearing no clothes like they do around here. And you say, no, I ain't looking at her. I ain't not looking at that. I'm in agreement with God. I made a covenant with God with my eyes and I'll not look at another. That's why. Because you're in agreement with God. That person needs what you have. You don't need what that person has. I don't care how beautiful they are. You're not looking at them for lust. You're looking at them for what they need, but not for what you want. You're in agreement with God. So, therefore, you're on the resource side. I can convert that person to give them meaning to their lives. Because right now, their meaning is their body. No, no, no. You're not mm, not going to let them stay in that shape. They're going to be converted by you because you carry something that says heaven is on hand, is at hand. You carry the reality of God in your life. See, you're in agreement with God. So I'm going to go all the way to the end. So those that are going to go to hell, now watch. So woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. For the Satan has come come down, for he knows he has but a short time. Those of you who are in agreement, let me give you one more scripture. I turn to it before I open this thing up it's in first thessalonians chapter um, four verse 16 it says for the lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of god and with the dead in christ shall rise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air so shall we ever be with the lord and it says look so guess what so because you're in agreement with god you are taken up to God. So in that great day, the reason you're going to be with God is because the two of you are one. You're naturally going to be caught up to what you agree with. But, but isn't that true with anything? What you're in disagreement with, you don't want to be around. See, A, a, a president of a company, you might be executive staff, but if you're in disagreement with your boss, Guess what? It drives a wedge between you. The power of God is the power of agreement. You can't agree with anybody better than God. So in your agreement with God and you live this lifetime, even when life is consummated, the reason you're going to be caught up to God is you're caught up to that which you agree with. Now, the reason those people are going to go to hell, is not only because Adam sinned and you haven't been converted, is that you're going to go to hell because all liars and murderers and and fornicators and adulterers, you're in agreement with that. You lie, you fornicate, you're an adulterer, you cheat. That's the darkness. So why would darkness go to where the light is? You're not in agreement with light. So you're caught, you, you get dropped down into that which you agree with. Never be in disagreement with God or God's word. The reason you want to find out what's in God's word, because when you agree with it, it begins to activate in your life. Now, in, so, hell is for all those people who, when God sent people to them to convert them, they said no. I will not be converted. I'm going to do my own way. So you're not going to do God's way? They said, no. (laughs) Okay. got a place for you. And you'll never be able to recover from it. He couldn't be that mean. No, no, you were that mean. I gave you good. You chose bad. I brought you light. You chose dark. I'm saying you had an opportunity. You will never be able to recover. So this church is a church of light where people from around the world are going to come where I can get some light. See, right now the world is doubting almost everything because they don't believe that what they see really is the reality. That's why for years, 23 years, they validated the things of God. He's been preaching like this for 23 years. So that's not no short term. So there's not likelihood that there's gonna be a change back to nonsense because they're on a pathway. The path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more. So it's gonna get lighter and lighter in here. Yes. More and more glory. Nobody would have to work miracles. Notice he said, well, it's not just gonna be a man, it's the, it's the body of Christ. Anything could happen on your job. You could turn out your whole company. So when you do, when you do go back to work, see, this is, not, this is not permanent. This is a new world order right now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Since March, everything has been changed by one virus. Can you imagine that? Jesus laid hands on a leper. Leper, right, get over here, woman. Leper, man, get over here. You're not, I'm not catching nothing, you' catching something. The glory that comes from me, that, lepr- that, that leprosy can't stay in my presence. That's God. And that's this company, that's this company. It won't be just people working miracles. It's an environment of it. In some cases, you don't even know who God came in and got healed, came in and got transformed came in and marriage got healed. The messages, he cast out the spirit with his word, came in and got delivered. Listen, I know this. People say, well, Boone, you're Republican. You, you, what are you talking about, man? I'm godly. I know that Reagan is the president that allowed for homelessness to be at the level that it is right now, and you think the homeless people are the poor people. The homeless people are... The people that came from they didn't say in the insane asylums because he, Reagan stopped the funding for mental health facilities. And so they turned, so where are they going to go? They said, I don't know, but you're going out of here. You mean you don't care that much? There was no cry out against them, against that? Well, what the church don't realize is that mental health never was supposed to be the government's responsibility. Mental health, their demonic oppression. That's people born in a way that, if you trace their lineage, there's something the devil got in the line. Alcoholism is a spirit, and people that say, "Well, that came his daddy was alcoholic, his daddy daddy died without." No, that's a spirit. That's not. That's not genetic. But because people are so far from God. They don't even recognize where the devil is moving. So they can't deal with it. So you got to get a doctor to deal with what the church should be dealing with. Jesus said to the disciples, In my name shall you cast out devils. Where? Everywhere you see evil. What's missing in the church? Deliverance. And then I got a son which I'd love to have here. You'll meet him, though. I mean, he's a good man. Well, Isaiah Saldabar, he's into a deliverance thing right now. I, I don't mind. I, I'm not telling him it's just a portal. I mean, get you delivered, and then you should then dedicate yourself to God after that. That's what happened with Jesus when he delivered these people. They then dedicated themselves. It wasn't just so they wouldn't be oppressed. It was so they become available for God. Healing is the same way. You get healed so that you say, oh, God, dear God I'm so grateful, and you dedicate yourself to God. See, that's what it's. That's the point of it. Not just because you care about somebody being sick or somebody being oppressed, you become an instrument of deliverance for the sake of becoming a disciple. See, and so, okay, okay, I gotta shut it down. Now. I'm just, I'm screaming, and I shouldn't be screaming. I should be talking with you like a reasonable person. I'm talking to you now. This church is an amazing church, and I'm talking about you. I don't care what level you're at. You, think, you don't think that about yourself? Just keep listening. and watch. What, just keep your heart open and watch what happens to you. The kids here in the school system, there's going to be a transformation. They're going to turn things around. They're going to open up all that stuff. But when they open up, we've got to be ready for them. When people start piling in here in that way, we've got to be ready to impart. So, and like somehow he said, the, the, the bishop said, 200 young people. Well, 200 young people. What if he brings in 800 pagans from the streets? But what if he sends you to a school? Now, my daughter took over the newspaper in the University of Virginia. And and then created her own newspaper where they put out thousands of them every month. And that became the number one newspaper in that university. You're, going to, you're the exceptionality. You're the leadership. Now, it doesn't matter what your age is. Somebody's leading. They have school presidents and class representatives. They have that, right? They have Latin state, girl state, boy state, right? They have all of that. Somebody's leading it. National Honor Society. You know, you know I just had one person just graduated from school. They were number one in their class. They just got a full... Well, it happened to be my granddaughter, She she graduated number one in her class and just got a full scholarship to Jacksonville State University in gymnastics. So she graduated number one in her class and got a gymnastics scholarship for four years with a $1,500 a month stipend. Well, she just went to Jacksonville because her dad and mama moving there. But numbers of schools made her offer like that. But your children are the great value in a school system if you teach them. Your job, if your company doesn't teach you right, you're going to own that company if you let God transform your thinking. I had Jorge talk with me yesterday just about, I mean, look, he's the one. Look, let me tell you something. What's going on with black America right now, it was this church and Jorge that printed out this publication called Basic Black Journal, Biblical Perspective of Black America. This was printed out by the thousands, by one of your members, company. The information that America needs is contained in this document. We don't know the history of how this company's race relationship has developed. I wrote it, but this church printed it. They got to have this right now. We were 10 years ahead of our time, but this is not dated information. This is history. But look, so the prime historical information that high school students need, white people need in universities, black people need in universities, is in this document, but it was printed right here for the whole nation to get a hold of. Who would have thought it? On my anniversary, came down and gave me a big seed and then said, well, I don't have a lot of money to give you, but I'll print out 15,000 of these. The knucklehead people didn't know what they had. This this research, its primary research, sourced it out. Did you see the little small print? Sourced out everything that's in here. You can research it yourself so that you don't have to listen to the news. You can find the information yourself and validate it. I had a bishop tell me that this particular former president was the most racist president. He's a racist against black people. And then he was telling me something, and I had 15 pages of things that the former president did for black people that I researched myself the lowest unemployment in the history of America happened during the former president's presidency. Fifteen things, I'm just telling you, the loans that were forgiven in the black universities, when the former president before him was president, he didn't do it. He forgave all the loans of those black universities' debt. He chose more black judges than any president before him. I can go on and on. And you call him a racist. Who are you listening to? Did you do any research? None of them had the the day of prayers and fasting that he had. No president had as many as that former president had. None of them had a faith-based group of pastors around him. He didn't do what they said, but he had them around him. (laughs) He had them around him. And you call him a racist, but I think the whole perspective is wrong. I'm not looking for no president to do nothing for me. I can go higher than a president. I can get to God. This gospel of the kingdom should be preached as a witness to the whole world and then shall end come. It's not a president that we need today that we're gonna end the world, it's a preacher. See, now, he's way younger than I am. So I got to consider you and this church, the generation that's going to take it when I go home. I don't consider myself as the one. I'm a father. I'm old. But it looks like I'm finishing at, with a storm. I'm not, I'm not going to be like whimpering around, you see. This, this preaching, this work. Now preachers have to be raised up in here. You're not all going to be just businessmen. You're going to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists over every area of life coming out of here. Apostle to the business world. Do you know Warren Buffett has a name? but the only thing about his name that it doesn't represent is that the destination of God is why I understand how money works. Bill Gates doing benevolence, but he is financing abortion centers. He's a eugenicist. I don't think he knows it. I don't think he's trying to kill black people. I think all that stuff about the vaccines and all that stuff like that They offered the black university presidents a million dollars for each university if you encourage your students to take the vaccine. Well, did you offer the white communities that too? No. Well, why are you doing, again, you you mean the experimental vaccine is for black people because they can afford, what, to die? How long does it take for the vaccine to be validated? Five to nine years. So it's not a vaccine, it's an experimental vaccine. And during the winter, you're going to find out whether it works or not. It's going to take about some months before you find out. And they say, oh, it's safe. You don't know if it's safe. That's why it's an experimental vaccine. But a, you say, I took it. Don't worry about it. You're consecrated. That vaccine went into you and got consecrated. Don't worry about it. God's keeping you on your devotional level. Not because you want to stay alive, because God made you for a reason. And you're not dying until that reason is fulfilled. You're in a destination church. This church fulfills destiny and creates destiny. I'm going to pray for you now. If you're looking at this and you heard me screaming at you, you know I'm serious, though. You know about it. You know I've told you the truth. I didn't lie to you. You know, I spoke to what's going on right now in the world. You got a lot of questions in your own heart. And the reason that you don't have the answers is because you're doing religion. You can't stop doing religion. You got to get really serious about God. Now, I say to you, I don't care what country you're in or what city you're in. I'm not talking about just coming because the church is growing. I'm talking about coming because there's something that's going to be activated in your life that's not there right now. internet church is not the church that God was talking about when Jesus says forsake not the assemblies of yourselves together this ain't no online thing you gotta come in the company of where somebody touched your life if you could just sit beside one of these members and rub elbows with them sit beside them something will come off on you from heaven you'll take it back to a city This, this has happened before I'm saying to you Find your way here. If you're in this city of Miami or in Florida, come. But this is not just for Florida. Any state that's viewing this, you better get over here. Now, look, you go online and you see, you look at Wellington Boone, find it on whether it's promise givers, see if I haven't been telling the truth like this. But I haven't lied to America or the world. I didn't lie to you. I told you the truth. So now if you know that's true, get over here and get what God has for you. And then some of you people, like I can call out the names of some of you that are very wealthy. I never asked you for a cent. None of you. ever did. But somebody is going to pay and seed into what God is doing here because it's going to redeem their money. Father, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. Now, those listening, those called out, I believe that Spring of Life Church, the people here, are the israel of god but now here they are and here you are father thank you for sending my wife and me here we're so glad to be here thank you for another one of my biological sons uh, being moving from eugene oregon down to jacksonville getting closer and closer and thank you for my daughter biological daughter who lives in tampa getting closer and closer right now we're forming like a triangle in florida This is the destination location right now. Thank you, Father. I'm so glad what you're doing in the hearts of every believer. I cancel every assignment of the devil against them. Every sick person, every person that has contacted the virus, I cancel the effect of it adversely against the will of God and the people of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I declare you'll not die but live and see the goodness of God. In the land of the living, I speak the blessings of the Lord over your life. If you're not born again, ask Jesus to come into your heart right now. Be honest with God. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, be my Savior and Lord. If you do that right now and mean it with your heart, something is happening on the inside of you. And where you've been sick, God wants to make you well so his will will be fulfilled in your life. I believe that in the name of the Lord. God bless you. Hey, I'm going to do one more service right here. So stay with us for the next service. Starts at 12 o'clock. God bless. Be encouraged. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Is our prayer for you. God bless.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Bishop. Today we want to ask Carmine to come over here. He's going to deploy out to the armed forces and we want to pray for him we'll ask his family to come forward and the church let's stand on our feet and extend your hands forward let's pray for this young man <laughs> consecrate him to the Lord and to the purpose of God I'm going to ask the pastors to come here please His youth pastor come Nick and we're going to pray that God's covering and protection would be upon his life and Bishop you could come up here with us also hallelujah yes sir praise you jesus we worship you O oh god and we thank you lord for your mercy and your grace hallelujah thank you jesus Father God, we thank you this morning for your goodness in our lives. We give you thanks, Lord, that you have given gifts to men, O God, and you have put Carmine in his mother's womb, Father God, and separated him unto you, Lord, unto a purpose to fill the earth with your glory. We pray that the blood of Jesus would be upon him, Father God, that you surround him on every side. Father God, you are the author of life, Lord. Surround him with your angels, O God. Give him courage, O God, like you did with David, to fight the battles of the Lord. Father, crown him with favor on every side. We pray, Father God, that you would bless him, Lord, and use him, Father God, that he would be an arrow in the hand of mighty men, O God, that he might issue forth the purpose of God, that the word of God that you have sown in his heart the vision to change the world in this house, Lord, in his spirit, O God. We pray that you would use him mightily, Father God, that he would have the armor of God, that he would be shielded by you, O God, on every side, Father God. A thousand shall fall at his right hand and ten thousand to his left, but nothing shall happen to him, O God, because you have uh, chosen him, you have separated him unto a purpose, O God, that you might fulfill, Lord, that which you've called Carmen, too, in this world, Father God. Renew his mind. Let him get closer and closer to you. Let him be devout, O God. Let him be an example, Father God, to his peers, O God. Let them be, Father God, give him a joy greater than that upon his peers, O God. That your favor would be upon him, Father God, in a marvelous way, Father God. Make him the head and not the tail, Father God. Prosper him in his call, Father God. Give him favor before you and before men, O oh God. And allow, Father God, the, the enemies to be prostrate and be scattered in his presence, O oh God. We give you thanks for favor, for protection, Father God, for provision, O oh God. Father God, but most of all, that his call his election be sure, Father God, and that he would be a strong and mighty man for this generation to know Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to God. Wonderful.
2: Awesome. Bless you.
0: Bless you guys. Awesome. Bless you guys. Mama, God bless you. Saludo. Thank you. Thank amen. Bless you. Amen. We're dismissed tomorrow night as men's group at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Men's meeting here in Miami. Uh, We're calling all the men in Miami to come to learn how to be champions, and uh, we're going to expect you here. We're also at 12 o'clock, 12 noon, Spanish service will be translated. God bless you, and see you on Wednesday night at 7. Bishop Wellington Boone will be preaching Wednesday. Whoa! (laughs) Amen. So Wednesday night, Bishop got it. Amen. Amen. God bless you.